you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on everybody welcome to another episode of the locked on vikings podcast part of locked on podcast network your team every day as always i'm your host your pal and the kid you copied off in math class my name is luke braun you can find me on twitter at luke braun nfl you can find the show on twitter at locked on vikings and today we're going to do a little bit of 53 man roster prediction stuff is kind of a, a roundabout way to preview the chiefs game that's coming up this weekend uh, of course, the Vikings going to Kansas City to play them in the last preseason game. We'll talk about what to expect from that and a little bit of roster talk. Uh, I had an article come out this week about a 53-man prediction, but I want to make some updates to it. So we'll uh, have that conversation. But first, the NFL season is about to begin, and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th is Locked On's ultimate season preview. They're taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason Lockenfora. Follow the ultimate season preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcasts, and you can tune in beginning August 30th. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, the 53-man the roster as it will stand. Um, so I had, I'll link it in the show notes. I had a, another dual 53 man roster projection I did with Nick Olson at zone coverage. Um, we did a little bit together. I wrote mine. I pre-wrote mine before the Colts game. Didn't have a chance to update it, um, until after it had been, uh, submitted for, uh, editing and all that. So I have some updates that I want to make based on the Colts game. Um, so I'm just going to give you the whole thing that I kind of wish I had and we'll go through it that way. So, I guess we'll start with the quarterbacks and the quarterback group. I just don't think it's going to change really. Uh, Kirk Cousins, Jake Brown, and Kellen Mond in that order. I think that's all already kind of been decided. Um, you know, obviously I don't agree with it. I don't think Jason Jake Browning should get that job outright. But the way the team has talked about him seems, I, I think that he's just uh, too far ahead in that job now. I guess in the 53-man prediction world, I, I, I'm I not going to like try to predict a free agent that comes in and replaces Jake Browning. I do think that that's a possibility. Um, but, I mean, it's not like that guy's going to be Nate Stanley, right? So cut Nate Stanley, probably get him on the practice squad. They obviously have already cut Danny Etling. And, you know, we'll see if they pick up a Trevor Simeon like I talked about yesterday or somebody like that. I think that's totally possible. But staying within, like, the... I guess, bounds of a 53-man prediction. We'll go with Jake Browning for now with a little asterisk that says, hey, maybe a waiver claim replaces him. Um, and I'm going to do that a couple times throughout this. So then, you, of course, you have the running backs, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, Amir Abdullah. I think all those guys are locks. Um, Kene Wangwu, I'm putting on the roster just to not make any uh, predictions about like PUP or IR or anything like that. If he gets IR, he gets IR'd. Um, I'll put another little asterisk there that says, hey, maybe Ito Smith would be the guy that replaces Kane Wangwu in the roster. That, note that I didn't say A.J. Rose there. Um, A.J. Rose didn't impress me a lot in the Colts game. He didn't look that good. He didn't uh, read things quite properly. I, I thought he was a little hesitant. I, don't, I didn't think he showed nearly as much burst and fight as he did in that Denver game. Um, still would put him on the practice squad or whatever, but I, at this point, based on what I know about Ito Smith, I'd probably take him over. Uh, AJ Rose, if that roster spot were to open up, and then of course you have CJ Ham at fullback, still kind of a chalk group. Um, I actually kind of thought about like what would happen if Wangwu got put on 
uh, pup or IR or something, depending on how severe his knee injury is. Um, I think, you know, I could add before I had five wide receivers, I'm actually going to do six here. Um, you could add another tight end or something like that. If that happened, another skill player or something like that. Um, and all of that stuff could be a, a possibility. Um, it's also interesting that Jake Vargas is actually uh, seems like he's doing a little bit better. He got carted off in practice earlier this week, but he's actually um, kind of getting more work in than you would expect for a guy that got carted off. So it seems like that might not be as long term as getting carted off would imply. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but let's talk about those wide receivers. Of course, you have Jefferson, Adam Thielen. I think KJ Osborne earned his keep. Um, I'm putting D.D. Westbrook on the roster and then Amir Smith-Marset. And I'm going to do a sixth guy. Uh, so those five seem to be the easy five, right? Uh, and then you have this kind of choice to make. If you're going to do a sixth at all, and I am going to do a sixth, um, I'm doing one less offensive lineman. I'll explain that later. Uh, so I'm going to do a sixth wide receiver. And uh, I, you have to choose who that is between Dan Chisena and Chad Beebe. I don't think Myron Mitchell is really in the conversation there. And of course, you know, you lost Blake Pearl to injury and, uh, you know, you lost Warren Jackson during this round of cuts. So kind of can only be one of those two guys. And honestly, I kind of agonized here. So this is my philosophy when it comes to the deep end of the roster. It's about special teams and it's kind of special teams only. Now, Chad Beebe has outplayed Dan Chisena as a wide receiver from scrimmage, I think, of course, right? And Chad Beebe has honestly, this preseason, I know we give, we, we kind of have Chad Beebe as this like public enemy type guy. I've always seen him as a roster bubble guy, and I think he's played above rosterable. Uh, I think he's he's met that threshold in this particular camp in preseason. I think he's been fine. Um, so I think he's definitely worth rostering. However, I think Dan Chisen has done a little more on special teams. He's done a lot in coverage. Um, and he hasn't really needed to break down and tackle. He's forced fair catches and stuff. I think that's really, really valuable. Um, and so, and I can kind of see, you could see it in the drills too, that Dan Chisena on these coverage units, you can just see his speed being really, really valuable. Um, and I think, I don't know what, what I want to see. And I really want to see this in the Kansas city game. I want to see Dan Chisena tackle someone. I want to see him break down, wrap somebody up and bring that guy down. Uh, and we just don't really see, we, we haven't really seen that because he's always either been, you know, playing a contain role or something and kind of passing the tackle off to somebody else, which is also what you're supposed to do. And that kind of soundness and a little bit less chaotic, a little bit less flying in, abandoning lanes and stuff. I mean, he abandoned the lane against the Bears. That's why Cordero Patterson got that kickoff return touchdown in the Monday night game was because Dan Chisena abandoned a lane and Cordero Patterson scored up that lane. Um, so to see him show the restraint to not do that is, of course, progress, and that's great. And if you made a roster last year without that progress, he probably makes a roster this year. Um, so I, I think he's just done a lot. And I so I, I am rostering uh, Dan Chisena over Chad Beebe. It, it does definitely go into my calculus, too, that Dan Chisena has done some at wide receiver. He's gotten separation on longer developing routes where his speed can really take over. Um, and so in the event that you do have to rotate him in and ask him to run a go route, you might get something there. Um, but it, that only factors into my calculus a little bit. This is mostly me scouting special teams and saying, okay, Dan Chisena kind of probably did enough to make it on special teams. So I'm putting him in as the sixth wide receiver over Chad Beebe. Don't feel fully confident about it, but I think it's a, a reasonable thing to do. Again, the bottom of the roster, the odds that the sixth guy sees a lot of snaps at wide receiver, really, really low. The odds that he sees snaps on special teams, virtually guaranteed. So I'm going to put that guy in on special teams as much as Chad Beebe's been fine. I think he's been pretty bad as a punt returner um, in camp. He definitely did not have the best hands of the group. So you can't exactly give him that job like you did last year. 
Um, plus, you know, you have Smith Barset taking that and KJ Osborne and Amir Abdullah like all ahead of him in the depth chart. So it's not like it was going to come to that anyways. Um, and as a wide receiver, he's, of course, very forgettable, maybe a little more solid than Dan Chisena, but it's just not going to come up. What does come up, though, are late night cravings. That is what Bilt Bar is for. Bilt Bar is a protein bar and it tastes like a candy bar. So when you're up late and you want like peanut butter chocolate or chocolate mint or chocolate almond, coconut chocolate almond, uh, you can turn to Built Bar. Those are just some of their nine delicious standard flavors. I recommend you get the mix and ma- the, the the mixer box that is um, a sampler of of two of each of those nine flavors, so you can figure out what you like. Um, you can also get some specialty flavors that pop up now and then on the website as well. So go to builtbar.com or built.com. We'll take you there as well, uh, and you you know check back in there every once in a while, see if you can get the limited edition flavors it is all very delicious and it is low calorie low carb low sugar high protein high fiber so it's not going to knock you off the wagon it's even keto friendly if you're doing the keto thing so head on over to builtbar.com or built.com and at checkout enter promo code locked 15 l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 all one word that'll get you 15 percent off of your next order that's promo code locked 15 at builtbar.com Moving on with this 53-man prediction. Of course, uh, you have, right now I have five running backs, including CJ Ham and six wide receivers. So I only have room for three tight ends, and I had to cut an offensive lineman as well. I think that's okay, because none of these tight ends have really uh, stood out outside of Irv Smith and Tyler Conklin. Conklin's another one. I'm a little concerned about whatever injury stuff is going on there, but I'm not going to try to predict who isn't is or isn't going on pup so i'm just kind of defaulting to those guys being on the roster and i'll just kind of denote in the side in the margins who will come in if they don't uh end up on the roster so we've got irv smith and tyler conklin of course still really excited for irv smith by the way and what what he can do he was a little bit more uh quiet in that colts game um but i i don't know i could still see the skills uh, anyways so you kind of have the one spot left to divide between brandon dillon zach davidson Brandon Zilstra, I think it goes in that order right now. Um, Brandon Dillon has not been as good of a receiver. He's actually been a pretty bad receiver, um, but he's done decent things as a blocker. He's messed up as a blocker, but he hasn't messed up as much as a blocker as Zach Davidson or Brandon Zilstra has. So I'm going with him, even though I think Zach Davidson has been the more explosive receiver just based off of like raw athletic talent. Um, I'm going with Brandon Dillon, which is kind of chalk and kind of boring. Um, and, I'll, and I'll put Zach Davidson on the practice squad. That was another one that was pretty tough for me. And I basically just had to decide, you know, well, I, like I just kind of think that being a better blocker is more important for that third tight end job. And that's kind of where I've always been with with Brandon Dillon. If you're coming on the field as a third tight end, like what is the job you probably have? You're either blocking in special teams, doing a special teams coverage unit, or you're playing as the third tight end in a jumbo package where that's almost always going to be a run play. So you got to be able to block. Um, and Zach Davidson could come in as in a really fun jumbo package, right? Where you've got three receivers in Conklin, Davidson, and Irv Smith, and a million linebackers on the other side of the field. Like, that's pretty fun. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think that most of the time that's going to be a run play. And if it's a run play with Zach Davidson, Zach Davidson has single-handedly torpedoed a lot of run plays, like way too many. Um, so I just am going, you know, kind of thinking about when is this guy in this part of the roster and this part of the depth chart coming onto the field. And for that question, I think that favors Brandon Dillon. Um, but I still think this one is very much yet to be decided. And I think the Kansas City game is going to do a lot uh, toward deciding this whole thing um, and, and that, that tight end three job. 
And then we have the offensive line. So the offensive line uh, is kind of interesting, honestly. So we can kind of rattle off the easy ones, right? Your, your tackles are Brian O'Neill, Rashad Hill, and Christian Derrissaw. Maybe you have a fourth one, maybe you don't. Um, and then your interior line is Bradbury, Ezra Cleveland, Oli Udo, Wyatt Davis. Those guys are roster locks. Um, even if you don't like Wyatt Davis, which I think you're wrong about, uh, especially after the Colts game, I thought he was really strong there. Um, I mean, his third round pick, right? You're not going to cut him. And then uh, maybe Mason Cole. Uh, I, I'm rostering Mason Cole. I think he's had a good enough preseason for that. So those are it. That's my eight. I'm not going to try to deal with Blake Brandle or Dakota Dozier or Drew Samia. And here's here's why. I kind of talked about it. Was it yesterday or the day before? Um, with Wyatt Davis, I feel good about him as depth. I feel good about, you know, if Oli Udo gets hurt, Wyatt Davis can come in. And that helps relieve some pressure because I'm, I'm trying to think of like a permutation of two starting linemen get hurt. That means I don't have a backup for that situation, right? Or a backup that I'm okay with. And if you're okay with Wyatt Davis as a backup, and I advocate strongly that you should be, I don't think you can find that. Like if Rashad Hill goes down and Garrett Bradbury goes down, well, Mason Cole's your center, and you kick uh, Ezra Cleveland out and to left tackle, and then you have Wyatt Davis plug in the other guard spot. And he's got to play left guard, and that's a little bit awkward, but I think he's done enough to be able to kind of be a, a plug-and-play backup there. Let's say you lose both the guards. Okay, Mason Cole and Wyatt Davis play the guard spots. Let's say you lose the whole right side. You lose Oli Udo and uh, Brian O'Neill. Uh, well, you can kick Ezra Cleveland over and then have uh, Mason Cole and Wyatt Davis play both the guard spots. Like, I think there's a permutation somewhere, no matter what the injury is. So I don't feel the need to bring in a Dakota Dozier to to provide additional depth, right? And if you you, you don't are you're you're not really making uh, an offensive line unit that's meant to withstand three injuries. Like at that point, you're probably looking at street free agents, anyways. But I think your unit should be able to withstand two injuries without putting in somebody unrosterable uh, or, you know, forcing a, a thing like Drew Samia playing before he's ready, which is what happened last year uh, or, you know, a few years ago, like putting in TJ Clemmings before he's ready. That unit wasn't deep enough because it couldn't withstand the injuries, although they withstood uh, more than two injuries, I think. <laughs> a lot more than two injuries on that offensive line in 2016. But I digress. I think you've got Wyatt Davis and Ole Udo or Wyatt Davis and uh, Mason Cole can fill in on interior spots and if you lose a tackle you can kick a tackle you can kick one of the guards out back to their natural position and then fill one of those guys in in on the guard position and then uh eventually christian derisaw comes back in and uh is is also ready to be part of that depth and then maybe eventually a starter we'll see how long that takes to happen and i think that's a good o-line unit i'm pretty happy with that i think that's solid depth mason cole has had a good preseason i think he's good as depth and i think Wyatt davis will kind of only get better because the mistakes that I've noticed him making are kind of all rookie stuff. It's not knowing the calls or knowing his assignments and stuff. And then, hey, you know, with time and experience, that stuff tends to sort of even itself out. So even though eight is a low number for offensive linemen, I just don't really want to roster Dakota Dozier instead of rostering Amir Abdullah, who does so much on special teams, or instead of rostering Dan Chisena, who kind of also does a lot on special teams. I don't need to bring Dakota Dozier in and then make him or Drew Samia in and make him inactive every game. I want guys that are going to do stuff on special teams. Speaking of that Chiefs game that's going to de decide the tight end job in so many other roster spots, I want to talk to you about Grambling. The Vikings are four and a half point underdogs in that game if you want to be just deeply poisoned and bet on it. Or you can bet on a number of things that Bet Online has. At BetOnline, you can get all of the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest, 
and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survival contest. Both of those open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's whip through this defense real fast, shall we? So first, let's talk about the defensive tackles. You have Michael Pierce, Dalvin Tomlinson, Sheldon Richardson, and Armin Watts. Um, Obviously, those are kind of locked in at this point. James Lynch being injured doesn't help his case. Armin Watts had a great game against the Colts. Um, and the only other like potential defensive tackle guy would be like maybe Kenny Willekes. They just cut Jordan Scott, uh, waved injured. Zionde Johnson's been playing defensive tackle. He's like deep buried on the fourth team. This is pretty chalk. Um, so instead, let's go talk a little bit about the defensive ends, which is interesting. I have Daniil Hunter. It sounds like DJ Wanham won the starting job. I'm actually curious to see how they use him, although all of this defensive line stuff is going to be a huge rotation. So starter is kind of an in-name only thing. Um, so Daniel Hunter, DJ Wanham, Stephen Weatherly, Patrick Jones, Everson Griffin, and kind of in that order is where I'm going to guess. I think Everson Griffin's going to be a situational guy. So is Patrick Jones and the other three will be kind of rotating in. Um, the other options here are Jalen Holmes, Hercules Mata'afa. Those guys have been buried on the depth chart. I think, uh, you have obviously, uh, no Janarius Robinson and then, other defensive, the other defensive lineman, the only other one that's really interesting to me, and I just couldn't find room for him, was Kenny Willekes, who has had a very good preseason. Um, I, I didn't even really notice it until I saw that PFF graded him really highly, and then I went back and watched to see what they were looking at, and yeah, he's been really good. He's been getting a lot of push in both pass and run. He's been uh, getting penetration, getting in the backfield, um, playing both defensive tackle and defensive end, although he's been much better at, at end than tackle, which makes sense because that's his, his uh, natural position. Um, but I think in a different world, he could take that Jalen Holmes role where he kind of plays both or he could be like a third third down edge or something like that. Um, and I wouldn't be overly shocked to see him make the team, um, but I just couldn't find room for him in my prediction. So he's not in it, but he's like kind of my guy 54 on this one. He's had a good preseason. He sort of acquitted himself well uh, at linebacker. We have Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, Nick Vigil. And then so here's the interesting thing that I did at linebacker. I kept seven. That's a lot of linebackers, um, and I'll kind of explain where I found the room for it later. Uh, but I just couldn't bring myself to cut either of the three guys that are on the bubble here. You you kind of have this two spots go between Troy Dye, Blake Lynch, and Ryan Connolly, and then the last one goes to Chaz Surratt, who I put last on the depth chart because I think he's been the worst, but again, third-round pick, you're not going to cut him. Um, so Troy Dye, Blake Lynch, Ryan Connolly, I think all of them have played well enough to earn comfortably a roster spot and I don't want roster pressure to make me cut one of those guys I don't think that they would necessarily uh, make it through waivers and I just think it's good to have all that depth especially we don't know what Anthony Barr's injury situation is going to be you might have to kind of use all those guys in different ways throughout games Um, and I I, look Troy Dye had this incredible game against the Colts in my original one in the one that went up on zone coverage I cut Troy Dye you can't do that after the Colts game he was phenomenal um, Ryan Connolly, I think has been phenomenal basically since the joint practices with Denver and beyond. Um, he was kind of quiet up until then. And then he just, I don't know, he turned it on. he like, must've had some kind of breakthrough or something. And then Blake Lynch has been very good and he's kind of been a good backup bar. 
Uh, he's been blitzing off the edge. He's been like a really good blitzer. Uh, and, and I, 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 I don't know. Maybe he could be if he develops a little more. He's decent in coverage and stuff, and he might be able to take over that Sam linebacker, but also kind of bouncing around blitzes and stuff. Roll um, and keep some of your your best like third down blitz packages and stuff. I just can't bring myself to cut any of them. If if I could cut Chaz Surratt, I would, but he's a third round pick. Um, and I just think he needs to be redshirted, right? So he'll just be inactive a lot unless he does enough on special teams, and then maybe he can get it. And he was, he did have that one really good play on special teams. I think he's been decent on special teams. Uh, pretty good actually on special teams. So maybe he does get active for that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just couldn't bring myself to cut any of them, especially considering what we're dealing with in the secondary, which I'll move on to here. So cornerback, and this is going to be in depth chart order for me too. Uh, Bashad Breeland gets the first job for me. Patrick Peterson gets the second one. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander is starting nickel. And then Harrison Hand, Chris Boyd, and Cameron Dantzler sounds like the way that it's gone. Um, so uh, Harrison Hand and Chris Boyd both had really good games against the Colts. Um, Chris Boyd has had a couple of good preseason games here. I, I think Boyd actually gave up a couple of catches against the Colts. It was like an up and down game for him. Um, and then Dantzler, it sounds like he's been struggling a lot in practice kind of lately. Look, in the preseason, he's given up two catches. You probably remember both of them. There's a big KJ Hamler one that I still don't think was necessarily his fault, but he did get run by. Um, and then there was a, a big long over route against the Colts. So you kind of have this problem of longer developing things and kind of keeping up speed wise. It looks like he's put on a bunch of weight. Maybe he's a little slower now or something like that. Uh, and so I, you're not going to cut him. Um, I don't think he's been that bad, nor do I think you want to cut a third rounder after year two uh, or, you know, after preseason number two. I just don't think that that's wise. And of course, you know, you can get him in on special teams, too. But it just seems like he's been outplayed so far by Chris Boyd and Harrison Hand. And to the credit of Chris Boyd and Harrison Hand, they've been pretty good. Cameron Dantzler lost the job to Bishop Freeland, and now he seems to have fallen behind Boyd on on the depth chart. Um, I don't know if that was just uh, the Vikings kind of seeing if Chris Boyd could come in and be a backup and keep up with ones or if that was a true depth chart thing. Um, you know, they've they've done weird stuff like that before where they've, you know, started guys with the ones to to see if that guy would would keep up or not. Um, you know, they did that like with James Lynch in the Denver game and stuff. Um, so that could be what the case is or it could be a true leapfrog or whatever. Um, but I'll put Dantzler at the bottom of the depth chart right now. But I think that's an easy six, right? Because the only other options are like Ty Smith and Perry Nickerson. And those guys just haven't done enough. Um, so then that brings you to the safeties. The safeties are easy. You have Harrison Smith, Xavier Woods, and I only have room for one more Cameron Bynum. And I'm not keeping a four safety. Four safeties is the normal amount. But that would require me to make a choice between Josh Metellus and Miles Dorn. And it's kind of the opposite as the linebackers, where I don't think either of those guys have played rosterably. Josh Mattel has been pretty good on special teams, about as good as Chad Surratt has on special teams. I'd say they've played about the same on special teams. Um, and so if I if I had to give the job to that, you know, it's again, who, what are the odds this guy hits the field? Um, you know, the fourth safety, what are the odds you, you sustain two safety in injuries versus the odds the fourth safety actually has to do something on special teams? Obviously, the latter is way more likely, so I'm going to focus on that. So if I had to pick between the two, it'd be Metellus and Miles Dorn, um, or it'd be Metellus over Miles Dorn for that reason. Um, but I just I just don't want to roster either of them, especially considering that I would be cutting a linebacker like Troy Dye or Blake Lynch or Ryan Connolly to put in a guy that's like played pretty bad, just didn't feel right. Um, and so I'm going to go in with a little bit less safety depth. And if you do get an injury, I'll practice squad both Miles Dorn and Josh Metellus upgrade one, probably Dorn in that case, if there's an injury, because Dorn, I think, has been a little better from scrimmage um, and then, you know, you kind of move on from there or see who's on the market or whatever you move on from there. Uh, but in terms of just the day one 53-man roster who's there, 
I, I think Cameron Bynum hasn't, I mean, he also has like had his problems. He's of course a fourth round rookie. Um, and I don't want to cut him. And I, I think he's been better than Metellus and Dorn who have made more mistakes. I, I think Bynum, people are starting to pay a little more attention to him because the broadcast called him out a couple times. Um, but I don't think he's been as bad as the other two guys. Um, so I think Bynum is your kind of chief backup safety. This is the way that I've kind of felt about it for a while. Um, and then somebody else comes in. If you lose a second guy, you'll probably have a, a guy up, upgraded from the practice squad from there. So, yeah, that's my roster. And then, of course, you know, Greg Joseph, DePaola, and uh, Britton Colquitt. Colquitt, I think, saved his job in the Colts game. If there ever was any danger of it from the Denver game, he punted his ass off in the Colts game. He was phenomenal. Um, and Greg Joseph was not, of course, he, he if, if you want to get really up in arms about it, he did miss a 51-yarder in a game that they lost by two, if you want to, like, care about the end of a preseason, the, like, end score of a preseason game. And I think for kickers, there might be something to that. But I don't know. That, that's probably a little bit too, too harsh on him. Um I, I don't think he should be the guy. This is another time, kind of like the backup quarterback thing, where I will put a little asterisk that says he might not be on the opening day roster, but he's the guy I have to work with. I'm not going to start bringing in outside names or start predicting what they do kind of after cut down day. Um, so we'll go with Greg Joseph with an asterisk for now for that. And that's the roster. And I think what what excites me the most about that this roster prediction is it's got a lot of dogs on special teams, man. You got Dan Chisena, who's really fast. You have Amir Abdullah, who's really solid. Um, you know, all the linebackers. I think Chaz Surratt on special teams could do some damage. I think Ryan Connolly's been good on special teams. Blake Lynch has been good on special teams. Um, you know, you've got a lot of good kickoff coverage guys. Special teams was such a disaster last year in literally every facet of it. Field goals, punting, punt, punt covering, uh, kickoff coverage, kickoff return, every, both return units, all of it. Um, and now you can kind of see that the guys who are going to play that role, I, I think have risen to the top a little bit better. I think you're seeing the value of a preseason where you can see how these guys play on special teams. You can see who misses tackles and who doesn't, who can break down um, in a, in a, a, just a drill and just a training camp. And I've talked about this a lot, the way they had to do it in 2020, everybody just lets up when you get to the tackle. You don't get to see what happens, who can make a, 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 a missed tackle who misses the tackles um, who doesn't break down who kind of loses their lane discipline when a guy uh, breaks because he's trying not to get tackled you don't really see that because the second everybody kind of gets close they all just let up because there's no contact allowed um, so in a preseason game where you're playing hard and you're playing fast you get to actually see all that stuff and you get to see the cream rise to the top and you get to do things like roster a guy like Amir Abdullah off of his you know, special teams ability or Dan Chisen off his special teams ability or honestly Ryan Connolly off of his special teams ability. Um, and you get to kind of see what that unit's going to look like a little bit and make all your deep roster decisions based on that. Um, so going into this Chiefs game, I'm really excited to see the two new guys. Uh, of course, we'll see what we can get from Everson Griffin. I don't know if he'll play. It's not like he needs the reps, right? He knows all the defensive terminology and all that stuff. Um, but I'm excited to see if Ido Smith gets any run or anything like that. And then I'm excited to see stuff like, you know, the, the, the third tight end job, what, what happens on the second team with the tight ends, you know, what happens with the safeties? Can one of these guys earn a, a roster spot and will one of those three and die Blake Lynch and, uh, Ryan Connolly fall off? What if those, one of those three guys has a terrible game, I'm making a 53 man prediction that cuts him. Um, and cut days, of course, August 31st, it's Tuesday after the game. So, We'll have not a lot of time to really make any adjustments there, but that's okay. So looking forward to the game. I'll talk to you next time after it. In the meantime, check out the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and, and Lee Sterling. He's a handicapping expert. They'll get your grambles straight. 
I will find you on Twitter. I'm at LukeBronNFL. The show is at LockedOnVikings. See you all next week, and as always, Skull.